Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to this message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. This message is for Sunday, April the 16th, 2023. And the message title is Your Reasonable Service. Let's go ahead and get started with the message and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to sit before you now quietly and just hear you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for what you provide for us each and every day. You provide us with wisdom, knowledge, and you encourage us to keep moving forward. I thank you for your encouragement, and I thank you for your affirmation as we go as well, too. Lord, bless us and keep us as we move forward. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. My lovely bride and I were returning home from a wonderful vacation uh, about three weeks ago. And during the return, we were both sensing that there was going to be an issue making a connection from our Charlotte flight to Akron Canton Airport. Uh, The weather in Savannah was very warm and it developed into thunderstorms that delayed a number of flights. As we were approaching Charlotte, I had the sinking feeling that we were both going to have to run once we touched down at the airport to make our connecting flight to Akron Canton. So for the first time in many years, we were going to have to make a break for it with luggage in hand and we had a window of about 15 minutes to go from Concourse B to Concourse E. The estimated walk time between those concourses is about 15 minutes, but we could not risk walking knowing that our next flight was boarding right then. So my bride and I took off. All I can say is that I was running and breathing hard at the same time while carrying the heavier piece of luggage. Lynn was behind me by about 20 yards and she was a trooper. I kept watching the overhead signs, 15 minutes away, 10 minutes away, 7 minutes away. I almost knocked over someone who was oblivious to what was going on, and we weren't the only people running for a flight. Finally, as we approached Concourse E and could see our gate, I told Lynn that we can walk the rest of the way. The plane was in the middle of boarding, and we had made it. If we had walked, I don't think we would have made it. We were thankful for the limited amount of walking and conditioning that we already do. The next day, we felt the harsh after effects, but we made it home. Interestingly, there are Bible passages that speak of how we are to walk, run, or follow a path. Now, this message is more than just moving around physically. We must inject faith in God within the process. It's a very important aspect of how we, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, are called to live. It's not the physical aspect, but the spiritual aspect of living and moving with Jesus. First, let's look at how we are to walk in the Spirit with God. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's look at verses 6 and 7. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 6 and 7. So we'll look at some passages here that just talk about those very things about walking in the Spirit. 
Verse 6, 2 Corinthians 5. This is the English Standard Version. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Now flip back, please, to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And let's look at verse 105. Psalm 119. 105. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Amen. And one more. Let's go back in the New Testament to Galatians chapter 5. I'll wait for you to get there. Galatians 5. Verse 16, Galatians 5, 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, there are many other verses that refer to walking in the Spirit, but now let's take a look at running in the Spirit. Running is often compared to distance running, and there are mental factors that come uh, with running. Uh, When we talk about running, they, they come into play. Not just a short distance like my wife and I running through an airport, but a much longer test of endurance. So let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 12. Go to Hebrews 12, verse 1. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Now, this particular passage is in in the New Living Translation. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let's, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And there's another verse about running that you may be familiar with. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's look at verses 24 through 27. Now that previous passage was in the New Living Translation. We're going to read also from the New Living Translation this particular passage. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27. Verse 24, 1 Corinthians 9. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it. For an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might myself might be disqualified. Amen. That's a great passage to look at. There has to be training involved in what we do and how we go about our work in the body of Christ. And one more passage, 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. 
I'll just read that to you. This is the English Standard Version. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Hey, our personal goal should be to echo Paul's words. Here one day in the future, we should be able to say those same words. So we see examples of movement in the faith, whether we are walking or running, and there's a path involved. Walking along a path, for our purposes, means that we are sensitive to following God's direction as we go. Walking is a deliberate action to get from one place to another. And walking in faith is moving and growing in one's personal relationship with Jesus. Running is all about going through the appropriate training and discipline as we learn more about Jesus and to stand and resist the devil as we go. It brings to mind the importance of living in God's image. Image is the acronym that we have used in the past to present this concept. What is it to live in God's image? Well, we are created in his image, number one. But let's take the letters of image, and just as a reminder for those who are not familiar with it, uh, we say that I, the word, the letter I in image is investigating God's word. Not just reading it, but really digging into it. M is meditating on his word, using the appropriate prayer time during your daily readings. Meditating on his word. A is for acting on his word by walking in faith as you follow your path. G is growing in his word by moving along in the power of the Holy Spirit as it teaches you. And E is enduring in the strength of his word because the race we run is long and sometimes quite difficult. But that's living in his image as we tell it here. Here's a question for some of us to consider. Why do we have tendencies to be lazy in our faith? Well, that took an ugly turn, didn't it? But why do we have tendencies to be lazy in our faith? Are we walking in faith and not by sight? Are we running in the faith in service for Jesus? Are we on any kind of path at all? If we're not, we're on the sidelines. In all three of these instances, if we're not doing what we should be doing, we're not effective in our service for Jesus. Now, my desire here is to present an argument that many of us have become entirely too complacent in our present state. Yes, we love Jesus and we know Jesus loves us. But if we're being completely honest about our state of being, we would see how we are falling short of what Jesus expects for his people. Whether you like it or not, it's laziness. Now, to avoid offending the rest of my entire audience, let's define laziness. That's a very simple word. The Cambridge Dictionary defines it as a noun meaning the quality of not being willing to work or use any effort. That's it. Not being willing to work or use any effort. Now, this is also referred to in Scripture as idleness. Idleness. At our very worst, in our most fleshly behavior, our idleness deteriorates into becoming gossips and busybodies. 
as noted in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. Believers are called to do much better than this. Much better. Please take a look at James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. James chapter 1. And let's remember, too, about the book of James. James is written to believers. The audience are, are supposed to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. But look what James is saying here as an admonition and even a warning uh, to those individuals. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. This is from the New Living Translation. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you do what he wants you to do, he's going to bless you. And if you're not doing it, then you can't really expect much. Take a look at Second Thessalonians 3, verse 11 and 12. 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 11 and 12. Now, the Thessalonians... This is a unique uh, passage because they were so anticipating the Lord's return. Some of them just forgot to go to work or just didn't think it was necessary to do so. Well, we know that really shouldn't be happening at all, right? And so here's the admonition also here. Verse 11, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Busybodies being in everybody else's business. Verse 12, now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. You have to keep moving. You have to keep yourself busy before the Lord. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Now go to Hebrews 13. Flip over to Hebrews 13, verse 16. Hebrews 13, 16. Hebrews 13, verse 16. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. There's got to be activity in your life. There's got to be movement in your life. The movement to do what is good and share what you have with others. It's not a stretch to conclude here that everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ should be doing something for good within the body of Christ. Doing something. Now, in my notes here, I have something in all caps. We should be doing something for good within the body. Well, this takes us to what we would deem to be our reasonable service for Jesus. Do you know what your reasonable service for Jesus is. Do you know what it consists of? Take a look at Romans 12. Please go to Romans chapter 12. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. 
Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Well, this is where it starts. Your reasonable service starts with your very approach. Verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you know what the will of God is, you're going to be uh, off and running in service for him because you'll understand how important it is to be in his will. Whether we are walking in faith or running with endurance, we are to give everything we have to Jesus and don't hold anything back. For those of us who tend to overthink in a number of areas, we need to just stop thinking and start trusting more in Jesus. The more we overthink this process, the less likely we will be God's living sacrifice. And God's not looking for perfection in this process. He's looking for you to show up. Let's discuss this further. Number one, present yourself before Jesus and others. Make yourself known as a servant of Jesus. I'm going to look at three different passages here. I want you to hear the similarities between the three about making yourself known as a servant of Jesus, presenting yourself before Jesus and others. Turn to Exodus chapter 3. Let's look at verse 4. Exodus 3, 4. Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. This is the NIV version. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look at the burning bush, he was looking at the burning bush, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. <laughs> okay, now maybe this is a coincidence. I don't know what to look at it, but 1 Samuel 3, verse 4. Go to 1 Samuel 3, verse 4. 1 Samuel 3, verse 4. Also the NIV version. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. <laughs> Same answer, of course. Now one more. Let's take a look at Isaiah 6, verse 8. Isaiah 6, 8. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. And you'll recognize this is a very familiar passage for the calling of Isaiah. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. That's Isaiah speaking. Please also consider something, too, about these callings that take place. There is a process within the callings. 
Consider that Aaron in Leviticus chapter 9 went through an ordination process as God's appointed priest. And it was followed by the Lord consecrating him to become the high priest of the people of Israel. The Hebrew word for consecration literally means to fill the hand. Now this means that we come to God with empty hands. As we say, here I am, Lord, empty hands. If we're open to his call, he will do the filling with what he has for us to do. This is consecration. You have been chosen by God to do great things before him. So you don't want to waste your time. I trust you can see where I'm going with this. When the Lord calls you, how quick are you to say, here I am? When the Lord calls you, and he can do this audibly um, or through your reading and studying of scripture, what's your response? Perhaps he's been calling you for a while. Well, is your response not right now? I don't know. Well, that might explain the idleness I was just talking about. If your attitude about serving Jesus is not right, if there are more important things to do on your personal agenda, then you will never be his living sacrifice. Your ways will always take precedence over his ways. But be careful. Your way of thinking isn't better. Look at Isaiah 55, please. Isaiah 55, verse 6. And then we're going to also look at verses 8 and 9. Isaiah 55, verse 6. And then verses 8 and 9. Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Now that implies that there's going to come a point where the Lord will not be available for you if you just keep resisting and resisting and resisting. That's what's implied here. And understand something. Go to verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The Lord doesn't think like we do. He's far above. He surpasses what we do. And he wants us to be thinking on terms of living according to his will, not according to what we always just want to do all the time. You'll need to let Jesus know you are ready for service. You'll need to acknowledge his call. It's only then that he will move you to the next phase of action. Point number two, allow the spirit to move you from idleness into faithful service. Now, this begins with the faith of the unknown. We're still learning about Jesus, true enough, but if you have never done something before, or if you're trying something new, you don't know what to expect from it. Here's something else that we tend to do when we try something. We overthink it. Overthinking can make this new thing to do a fearful experience. Well, here's just a common uh, sense approach to this. Just relax a little and have faith. Relax a little and have faith. 
And we have to understand what God gives us in this process. Look at 2 Timothy 1, 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Very important to look at this passage and understand what we can draw upon in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's something we already have access to. Verse 7, 2 Timothy 1. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That's where we should be. The enemy wants to paralyze you in fearfulness. What are you afraid of? Failure? Hey, come and check me out. The king of failure. That's me. <laughs> Every successful person has had to deal with trying something and failing. Failure is a way of helping you learn not to make the same mistakes. The ultimate failure is in not trying something. That's the ultimate failure. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 has reminded us of this all over about not worrying about things. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, that was Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 in the New Living Translation. Let's look at one more real quick here. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. First Peter 4, verse 10. Verse 10, 1 Peter 4, God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. We all have a gift that God has given us, at least one. Use it. You get more than one, use them all. Use them well. Listen to and follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit as you go. You will absolutely love what he says as you move along in faith. Now, our third point will come from the last part of the passage in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Practice makes you perfect in Christ. Practice makes you perfect in Christ. The more that you trust in Jesus, the better you will be as you conform to the Spirit and live for him. You're coming out of a place of idleness we haven't been doing anything, into a place where you become more comfortable, more uh, having the ability to discern more in his will and living with better obedience. Practice makes you perfect in Christ. Remember, everyone, this is your spiritual worship for Jesus. It won't always be easy, and at times it can be stressful. But this whole thing about living for Jesus is an important way for us to grow and mature. This is how we grow and mature, but we have to be after it. We can't just do a little bit here and then stop, or a little bit over here and stop. That's not gaining experience. That's not really perfecting your practice before him. 
Go to James chapter 1, and let's look at verses 2 through 4. James 1, verses 2 to 4. Um, this will be in the English Standard Version. James 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, and we will meet them. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be, per may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And that's because of our relationship with none other than Jesus Christ, relying upon him. On our own, we are far from perfect. In the flesh, we are far from perfect. But in Christ, he makes us perfect and complete as we look to him and serve him. You will be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, because Jesus will always be with you through the tough times as well as the good times. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8 Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. You can turn to that. I'll, I'll go ahead and let you turn to that. But I want you to see this passage. It's a passage that is repeated in different areas of Scripture over and over again. But we need to see this and remember that whatever we do, we're not doing it all by ourselves if we're relying upon Jesus. We're not going it alone. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. The very same words that were given um, when, when, when Moses was leaving the ministry and then Joshua followed, the very same words were given to Joshua. Joshua 1.9, if I recall. That's, that sounds like the right passage, but... This is repeated over and over in Scripture. He says he'll never leave us or forsake us. He goes before us. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Your reasonable service is more than just doing something for Jesus. Your reasonable service is to do everything with Jesus in mind. Everything with Jesus in mind. We are to walk in faith and not by sight. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Run in the faith in service for Jesus. And you can also jot down Isaiah 40, 31. That's a passage to refer to here. We are to listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit in order to move in the right direction. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. We are here to serve him. He created you and me for this moment in time to be in his service within the body of Christ and in today's world. One more passage to look at. Please take, take a look at Ephesians 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. This is from the English Standard Version. For we are his workmanship. We 
are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Please don't delay any more in this. It's God's will that you live as his child right now. It's time to walk in faith. Time to run for the prize. It's your reasonable service for him. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we want to be your servants. And Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for those moments we just have not really lived for you. We've lived more for ourselves for much of our lives. But Lord, help us now to truly live out our faith before you. You've called us and you've called us and you've called us. And all you're waiting for is an answer from us that we're ready and prepared to serve you in whatever way that you would have us to do. You've given us gifts and talents to serve you. Lord, we don't want to waste what you've given to us. We don't want to be idle. We want to be faithful. We want to do the best we can, Lord. We want to trust you. We thank you, Lord, though, for your teaching us. And we thank you for the lesson that you've given us today. Lord, may we remain more and more faithful to you. May we answer your call. May we stand before you and say, I've run the race. I've kept the faith. Thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today for this message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Please make sure to stay tuned with all of our content on akronalliance.org and join us on Facebook on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page for additional content as well. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.